Well, there is not a lot of love out there for chat GPT Coke. I've said it before and I will say it again. I love it when everyone gets passionate about something on Newsable. Love it. Last time I checked the poll, it was 82% of you saying, nah, (laughs) to the AI recipe. So aggressive. The nasty toothpaste (laughs) description is probably the one thing that did it for me. Yeah, it was all the bad reviews, of course. I'm still keen to try it personally. I actually have a mini funny story about this as well. So we we did this yarn about ChatGPT creating a Coke flavour because Brad Olson, economics whiz, Mm -hmm. is currently in the States and he put his review of this bevy on his Instagram and I asked him if we could talk about it. Good. Because he's a great sport. He said yes, of course. But because he's so sleep deprived, I mean, he's it's jet lag, but also the economy never stops. He's probably awake 24-7 anyway, but the jet lag <laughs> got to him. And we put this up on Insta. Everyone voted in the poll and he saw our poll and was like, oh, wow, someone's done a story on the coke I just tried. <laughs> yes, Brad, <laughs> we did. After we discussed it. Brad, we talked about this. We talked about this. Oh, dear. Well, I hope he's managed to get some good shut-eye now that that his Coke buzz has worn off. Brad, shall we get cracking? Kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Jess. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. Nearly two weeks on since Hamas's surprise attack and the retaliation on Gaza, what's the mood in Israel? We still might not have a new government, but there's still plenty happening at Parliament to talk about. It's the scientific study we all want to know the answer to. Is hitting the snooze button in the morning bad for you? And the reverse Goldilocks. That sounds like either something very dodgy or a skateboarding trick, but actually it's just a very good yarn and a very good video. Of course, it involves a beer. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. Two weeks on and we have all seen the images and we have all heard of the devastation as the conflict in the Middle East escalates every day. Recently, we spoke with a Kiwi living in Tel Aviv, Jordan Grimmer, about what life's been like since the deadly surprise Hamas attack on Israel, followed by the retaliatory assault on Gaza. Jordan's back with us now. Jordan, thank you so much for your time. It's been a week or so since we last spoke. Have things changed in that time and in around your neighbourhood? Is there an update on what life's been like? I think it's fair to say there have been a few changes in life at the moment. Certainly in the days after the attack, the whole neighbourhood, the whole city was very, very quiet. Very few people were going out. The streets were silent. People were absolutely terrified. So no one wanted to go more than one or two minutes away from where they knew a shelter would be. And most shops and restaurants were closed. We're starting to see now uh, a gradual opening up of things. Some restaurants are open, some cafes are opening for the braver souls who want to venture out there, but it's still very, very quiet. Many, many businesses are still shut. Um, And that's because there are still rocket attacks. Um, We had three yesterday. Is it possible, Jordan, this could be very difficult to give a summary of how the nation feels about what's unfolding? I know you're only one voice, but you're there and you're living it. I think the... The nation of Israel is dealing with really, really complex emotions at the time. Certainly, initially after the attack, there was a huge amount of grief and sadness and rage as well. 
about just what had happened and that I think has not gone away and I don't think it's going to go away for a long time especially while there are still hostages in Gaza I think a lot of Israelis have felt initially comforted by the response of the international community but are also now struggling with some of the other responses which are coming out which have been very very anti-Israel and Mm -hmm. it's creating a sense of perhaps feeling alone and feeling really really upset and also people are feeling shock at the government um, that something like this was able to happen especially a government which has really flown its flag on its security credentials do you get a sense that this is life now? This isn't going to end anytime soon and, and this is life? I don't think we can ever really accept that this is life. I mean, most businesses are still closed or have people working from home. And and the sense of um, unusualness is certainly being increased by the fact that more than 360,000 Israelis have been called up in reserve duty. I'm, I'm speaking from a place where no one in my household has been called up. Um, my husband hasn't been called up and it seems less likely that will happen now. But for many people, their sons, their daughters, their husbands, uh, people's spouses are being called up. Um, they're away from home, often when there are kids at home, facing a really scary and uncertain future about what's gonna happen. Jordan Grimmer, great to catch up and thank you so much for making the time to chat. My pleasure, Imogen. Thank you. Hey, while you're here, if you've ever wanted to check out any of our funny clips or review some of the stories that we've gone on before, hey, do check out our Insta. We put on lots of clips up there as well as recapping some of the main stories that we're covering on the show. We are on Newsable NZ and hey, if you ever want to Flick us a message. Give us some feedback. It's only positive, though, please. My ego is only so fragile. Do email us, newsable at stuff.co.nz. Now, we're closing in on one week post-election, and things, well, they're still a bit weird. Yeah, we know it's going to be another week and a bit before the final result. We know negotiations could take as long as they need to, but would you believe that hasn't stopped the mahi, or at least the busybodying? around Parliament. So to bring us up to speed on what's happened and around the halls of power, even though no one has formally been able to say that I'm the captain of these halls now, is friend of Newsable, Glenn McConnell. Now, Glenn, <laughs> welcome back. We told you last week that this would be one last time. Well, we lied. You've been punked. We need you to unpack what's been going on. So thank you for coming back. And, well, how are you? One week post the big day. I'm feeling good. Adrenaline's kind of wearing down after a massive weekend. <laughs> but I'm excited to be invited back. (laughs) We're excited to have you here. So this week we've talked on Newsable special votes. We've talked, it's likely going to be weeks and weeks of waiting. We've talked big electorate wins. We don't want to talk about those anymore. What else has been happening this week? What else do we need to know? It's kind of the calm between storms right now. So it's been an exciting week for new MPs. About 40 of them have been scouting out their new offices at Parliament. Uh, But it's also strange, you know, to have all that excitement and then Labour, National and Act are saying goodbye to people. Um, The Mm. vast majority of departures, obviously, are from the Labour Party. On Tuesday, Andrew Little said goodbye. Um, 
He was a really senior MP, you know, former Labour leader, minister of all sorts of things, saying he was leaving because he wanted to see new blood come into the Labour Party and he wasn't going to be the face of, of a future government. Other veterans, Anand Mahuta, Michael Wood, Phil Twyford, have said goodbye, but really low-key, you know, no big speeches like they would have been able to give had they chosen to retire before this election. And then there's this weird situation where you've got some new MPs that have shown up before the special votes have been counted, um, and they might not actually get to stay once those results are in. Many, many MPs are currently unsure around what their job will be in a few weeks. Uh, the Māori Party had Takutai Tash Kemp, uh, in the morning tea, induction and mihi whakatau for new MPs. Will she be an MP? Um, there's a few hundred points separating her from becoming the MP for Tamaki Makoto, and she's just one of many. In seats such as Nelson, there's just dozens, literally just, you know, 20 votes pretty much separating the National and Labour candidates. So it's quite an uncertain period for many. Did new MPs have to go through training? Like um, This is where the toilets are. Oh, wait for MPs. <laughs> this is the coffee machine. Don't drink the milk. There's all sorts of training. Yeah, this week it was kind of the easy stuff, you know, being shown around the halls, being shown uh, the library and, and all the basics. And then as it gets closer to uh, Parliament resuming, that um, training kind of intensifies to be around, you know, how can you be a manager? How do you do this job? Which is super weird and, you know, something very few of us kind of will ever get any sense of, of how to do. And someone that had a big role in the last government, Kitty Allen, she's actually got a new job now. Yeah, Kitty Allen's launched a consultancy. This is something a lot of former ministers and MPs end up doing. Well, consultants, you know, a lot of people kind of worry about what that means and often it involves lobbying. Mm. Chris Farfoy, former colleague of Kitty Allen, uh, is a lobbyist, which means he's out there trying to uh, getting paid to try and make things happen in government. That makes many people uncomfortable and there's criticism about a revolving door between the beehive and, and private sector. Uh, Glenn, what are you most interested to see unfold in the near future? That sounds very vague, but things are very vague, so I thought I'd give you a very big time frame scope. Yeah, it is very vague. Obviously, November 3 is when the storm starts again. That's when the official results are due back from the Electoral Commission and when negotiations proper kick off to form the next government. I heard on Newsville earlier in the week a commentator saying that these negotiations with ACT, National and New Zealand First could last a really long time. I really hope not. Uh, I spoke to Ron <laughs> Mark earlier this week. He's a former New Zealand First Minister. He said it could be done uh, quite quickly, especially given it's clearer this time. New Zealand First is not negotiating with Labour. It is one option only. Mm, exactly. All right, Glenn, I'm not going to jinx it and say that we're not going to talk to you next week because we might do. And to be honest, we just love talking to you. So it's kind of <laughs> your own fault. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're still going to talk about the new research into snoozing, the joy felt by those who like putting their alarm on pause for a while. So if you want to make sure you never miss groundbreaking studies like that one, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform because it'll mean you get every episode delivered straight to your phone and it means other listeners will find us too. And we want to share the good snoozing word with everyone. Okay, I have great news for those who like to hit the snooze button. There may be benefits to trying to get a little bit of extra sleep. Oh, don't tell me this. My snooze button is a two and a half year old who doesn't listen to <laughs> go back to bed. But please, for those of us that can press the snooze button, carry on. <laughs> Sorry, I should have thought about this. It's a kind of sensitive topic, I see. Bear in mind, I did say the word may. So <laughs> you that's did. any consolation because that's what the researchers at Stockholm and Monash universities have used because they did the study. So there were two studies involved here. The first one was to see who presses snooze and who doesn't. Mm. 69% of those surveyed said they hit the snooze sometimes or set multiple alarms sometimes. And those who did snooze, this gets me, said it could be anywhere between 1 and 180 minutes. 180 minutes? That's, that's three hours. Just set another alarm. <laughs> Imagine pressing snooze that many times. That's not snoozing at that point. Anyway, uh, they then took 31 of these habitual snoozers and they found that 30 minutes of snoozing, I have said that word so many times, either improved or did not affect cognitive performance. Once they got up versus waking up straight away, first alarm, bam. Oh, my God. So you're smarter if you snooze. Your brain's better off. They didn't go that far. Let, let's reel that back in. But they said there is no reason to stop snoozing if you enjoy it, at least not for 30 minutes anyway. I think they were looking at the people who say they snooze for 180 minutes. Uh, there might actually be benefits in terms of um, helping morning drowsiness if you snooze. And just while I'm here, there was a study last year that came to the conclusion that those who snooze generally have a more positive attitude. Up the snooze. Oh, that explains why I'm so grumpy so much of the time. <laughs> Better living, everybody. Look, I think it's time that we explain what a reverse Goldilocks is. I think, I do think it's time to explain yourself, Jess, because I'll be honest, when I first read that, I was very concerned about where you were going. Okay, I'll tell you. There was a bear in Connecticut in the USA who's broken into a home and stolen a frozen lasagna. Excuse me? Yep, I know. It's even actually better than it sounds. There is some phenomenal footage from this home surveillance system. Thank God everyone in America is so security conscious to capture this. So this <laughs> security camera catches the bear's entire jaunt through this home. And if you watch it, it beelines straight for the fridge. It opens the freezer drawer. It lifts what? it up it's, and it puts this lasagna in its mouth, stands on its hind legs and gets right out the window with this frozen lasagna. God knows how it's going to heat it up, but it is just the best thing that I've seen all week. It opens the freezer? Yes. It somehow opens the freezer with its <laughs> lovely little paws. It takes zero seconds to figure out what it wants to eat. It just shoves the lasagna in its mouth. And then escapes. Yeah. It's hard to believe this is not a person in a bear costume. It's so coordinated. Well, this is what I was going to say. This sounds like a coordinated and well thought out attack. And I reckon... The bears have discovered Goldilocks and decided it's time to change the narrative. It's time to rewrite history. Let it be known that the bears are the ones that steal food from the humans, not the other way around. Certainly not a little girl. 
the whole reverse Goldilocks now makes a lot more sense. Thank you for... There is no word about whether this beer has slept in anybody's beer or broken their chairs, but we will wait and see for that one. I don't know if there was enough security cameras to capture the whole entire storybook. Oh, well, we're pleased to bring, bring that to your uh, attention. That's right. We're going to call it that as newsable for today. I'm Jessica McCarthy. And I'm Imogen Wells. Keep an ear out for our very special Friday episode. All I'll say is up the ABs. Oh, I have the same ring to it, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> if you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support. Hey, Chris. Yes. Do you want another very broad question? I've got a very broad question today. Go on then. What do you know about sports? Up the wires, go the Black Caps, and don't forget Premier League football. Oh, you do love a bit of Premier League footage, do. don't you? What team is it that you support again? Oh, the current champions, Manchester City. I think they're pronounced Arsenal. It's pronounced Arsenal. Uh, but you know what's good about football? Yeah, what? They don't regulate soccer. I'm sorry. There's a sport that regulates sock height? Indeed there is, and it's cycling. That's very strange. Why on earth do they regulate it? Well, I know, but if you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the Big Stuff Quiz, wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Oh, that's a cliffhanger indeed. The Big Stuff Quiz is brought to you by Melbourne Every Bit Different.